ESPN 1420, ESPN1420.com, and the ESPN 1420 app. Welcome back into the Great Scott Show. Sports Callers Open Think Tank. I'm Scott Prather here. Steve Pelican producing over at the Roofing Louisiana studio. Coming to you from uh, my residence this morning. I should be back in the studio tomorrow or Thursday. But joining me now, as promised, is Christian Clark. He is the Pelicans beat writer for the Times-Picayune over at NOLA.com. Been reading his stuff a lot lately. I always read his stuff, but there's there's actually stuff to write about. The Pelicans are in training camp. They're practicing. They have a preseason game Monday. The season tips off in, geez, I mean, what, uh, 15 days? I mean, it's right around the corner. So, uh, Christian, right out the gate, man, I think we talked back um, in August, so it's been a minute, but... They've been they've made they've made a number of offseason moves. We could start with Stan Van Gundy, Stephen Adams slash Eric Bledsoe. My question is what what was most surprising to you in regards to what the Pelicans did in the offseason? Yeah, there's a it, it's a pretty different roster um, than it was at the end of last year, um, and and you know just them operating on this compressed timeline. It's pretty nuts. I mean, we were talking to Stan today. And there's one week until the first preseason game, and they just got done with practice number two. So <laughs> it might take a while for it all to come together. But I think, you know, the most surprising part of it all was really them, you know, placing this big bet on we're going to play bully ball. I mean, you know, Steven Adams is a proven player. I mean, he, he he never really misses games. Like, you know what you're getting from him night in and night out. But, um, you know, I think there are people out there who, uh, you know, probably correctly say like optimizing Zion Williamson on the offensive end means you know putting a lot of shooting around him. Um, I don't know that necessarily a lot of people saw them, you know, plunking down. Um, I guess or, or trading for a player who's paid a lot of money in a center who's not necessarily a perimeter threat, and then extending him for two more years. It, it, it really, I know it's been discussed a lot and and culture has kind of become this code word but it just felt like the moves were really about that right just this toughness and this mindset that they wanted um i've said this before not just recently but i've noted that really in the anthony davis era uh maybe not his rookie year i mean yet yet some feisty guys here there um that were you know not necessarily the players that i would describe as like really good but at least some guys that on the court had like a little bit of an edge to them if that makes sense and while the pelicans have had some good player i mean like like honestly like like maybe gravis vasquez like part part of ad's rookie year he wasn't there long and maybe that's it like you've had a lot of choir boys on the floor that's all i'll say and that's not necessarily a bad thing you need some of that but you didn't have maybe the players that, that, that had an edge, and I almost chuckle thinking back to when they traded for, for Omar Ashik. They thought that he would kind of bring that to the table. Well, he didn't. Uh, he didn't. He, there's a lot of things he didn't quite bring to the table. Just didn't really have too much of that. And, um, you know, guys here or there, maybe Dante Cunningham a little, but, like, you didn't have it in terms of, like, one of the bona fide guys. Like, you can – you could put Kendrick Perkins at the end of your bench when he's well past his prime to kind of be that guy, but if it's not someone actually on the court contributing, how much can it help? And it feels like with Adams and and Bledsoe, to a lesser extent, they were kind of going for that. They called it competitive. I just call it edge, man. I just call it, you know, I just just 
feistiness, if you will, on the floor. Yeah, Gravis Vasquez, by the way, that was a deep cut right there. That was a uh, that was a name I haven't heard in a while. Hey, uh, <laughs> shout out Gravis. I, look, I, I remember he one time was the – it was a really bad season for the Hornets, but he like – he had a triple double once, and he was in the running for like Western Conference Player of the Month. It was the only he didn't get it. It was the only thing that really was uh, was worth following in an otherwise really rough season. He got, I think, he got Western Conference Player of the Week honors once back in uh, the 2012-2013 season. And back then, that was about <laughs> you know maybe he was second, I think, in Most Improved Player award back then. That was all you could really root for. And then less than a year later, he was traded and off the team. So, <laughs> so much for Gravis. <laughs> Uh, But to your point, I mean, yeah, I I think that, you know, one of the big, I guess, assumptions the Pelicans are making in trading for Eric Bledsoe and Steven Adams is that they can become a better defensive team immediately. I mean, that's kind of one of the themes I've noticed this past week getting to talk to, you know, not only Stan Van Gundy, but some of these players. I, I think there's a belief that, you know, they finished 21st last season and, they're capable of doing a lot better in that category, you know, even this season. And, you know, it's going to be kind of a different system. Um, but, you know, Stan's a guy who has had a lot of success coaching defense. I've written a lot about that in the past couple of days. You know, his 11 full seasons as a coach. Uh, he's overseen eight top 10 defenses. Um, you know, I, you might have seen J.J. Reddick's answer. On, oh, yeah, that was great. Like, well, how, how does Stan, you know, get you to, like, I guess, like, be effective in that end. And he's just like, he, uh, I, I won't, you know, use any, use any expletives here, but uh, he's like, he runs you through drills over and over and over again. And it's not a terribly fun process, but that's the way you learn how to do the right things and form the right habits. And what did he do in the first practice of training camp, Christian? Three hours of defense, baby. <laughs> That's it. Uh, and, and I love that, you know, B.I. and Zion, who it's it's their team, right? They're they're saying the right things like, hey, look, I hadn't really done it in many years, but I understand why he did it. It's it's kind of like they they know what to expect. Now it's just a matter of just biting down and doing it. I don't I don't know that it, it's it's going to work game one and, and really be there. It's going to take some time. But accountability, defense, that, you know, uh, grit. I know that's another word that's overused, and I guess Grizzlies fans are probably upset we'd even use it, but they don't own it. But, like, those three things seem to be the big focus of the offseason, and it's not exactly what I was thinking. You know, you think of, all right, let's look who's going to be a free agent, maybe where they go. Um, B.I.'s going to get a max. Will that happen? The other thing was Josh Hart. Um, I, I don't think anyone believes Lonzo was going to get that extension. Uh, he might if he earns it in terms of you know being a restricted free agent or whatever next year. But in terms of this season, Josh Hart still has a chance to possibly get one here over the next uh, two weeks about. Do you, do you think that's going to happen? Is there even a chance that's going to happen? Because I think – I think the Pelicans would like to, but obviously it's got to be at the right price. And I'm sure there's a part of Josh Hart that would want to. He's only been on the team a year, but he's already a fan favorite for a number of reasons. What do you make of Hart's future with the Pels? So they've got until the day before the season opener to agree to those rookie extensions. So that's, I guess, the 21st. So there's a little bit of time. Um, you know, I think. Pelicans executives, uh, they really value what Josh brings to the table. Um, you know, I think last year, like they, 
you know, really wanted him to be kind of this gritty glue guy. And he showed, you know, he could do that in a lot of respects. I think that's kind of what they want from him. Um, you know, I would probably bet against a deal getting done, but it wouldn't surprise me if it, if it did. I mean, I think, I think it's pretty close to 50, 50, maybe the ratio is like a little split towards it not getting done. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think the Pelicans front office, like they want Josh Hart to be here for a while. And I mean, this season, the Pelicans are going to need Josh Hart because if you just look at the roster, I mean, they are thin at uh, small forward. I mean, Brandon Ingram is a true small forward. And then behind him, like, you know, Najee Marshall, he's a two-way player. Um, you know, Josh Hart, I, I mean, the way I'm looking at the roster now is going to be the de facto, like, backup small forward. Like, they're going to have to stick him on, you know, kind of the, the elite wings a lot of the time, I think. Whenever David Griffin says something like, we envision Zion maybe even playing some at the three, is that just to not limit him, or is that because of a lack of depth at that spot, like you said? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I think there are a lot of ways you can interpret that. The way I personally interpreted that was we think Zion can do a lot more things in offense than he did last year, and I actually agree with that. Um, I mean, I think if you just look at, like, his shot profile uh, as a rookie versus his shot profile at Duke, he was used as just a post-up guy a lot more. It was like, okay, Zion, we're trying to reincorporate you on the fly. You're not in the greatest shape. You're still, you know, really effective scoring the ball, but, like, we're just going to dump the ball into you from five feet away and, like, back your guy down and shoot that hook or take, like, one or two dribbles and go get your shot. You know, I think this year we'll see the Pelicans get the ball to him. You know, out in the hill, start his attack from there. Um, you know, as far as the question of him guarding small forwards, yeah, it just, it just all depends what kind of shape he's in because, you know, the player we saw at Duke, I mean, he was a game-changer defensively. Like, I mean, Sam Vecini's the draft guy for the Athletic. Like, he wrote right before the draft that, like, you know, Zion Williamson has defensive player of the year potential, and obviously that was not what we saw at all as a rookie. Nope. Um, so, you know, I think in time, like, yeah, maybe he is a guy you can stick on small forwards. Um, to be perfectly honest, I mean, I, I just haven't seen him play in – so long that I, c- I really couldn't tell you right now. Christian Clark, our guest, ESPN 1420. Follow him on Twitter at cclark3000, Pelicans beat writer for NOLA.com. So, Christian, tell me this. There is, um, I think there's some excitement about the Pelicans. Uh, obviously, Zion's a big reason why. You saw it kind of start to build last year, and then it, it fizzled in the bubble. But there's, there's some excitement there. There's also this weird schedule where they were in the bubble and then they weren't, and then the season's already starting. It feels like it hasn't been long, and yet it's starting later than normal. The Saints are in first place in the NFC. You know how uh, Saints craze this area is. Judging just based on your work, where, where do you think the interest level currently is with the fan base and with the just overall interest in this franchise? Yeah, that's uh, an interesting question because it's just such a weird year. Like, I think, you know, the nature of, like, the pandemic, people are actually, you know, like, not as interested in pro sports as as they are normally. Like, that's just not the NBA. That's, like, a lot of different pro sports we're kind of seeing. Um, But I think there is excitement. I mean, I think, like, Sam Van Gundy is, like, a pretty proven regular season coach. Like, 
he's showed that, you know, in more than a decade plus, he's going to get, you know, close to the most out of a team more often than not. Um, you know, everything like I've heard about Zion so far is cause for optimism. I mean, it seems like he is really motivated. It seems like he is in good shape. I mean, I think, of course, we all know now that like that can be the case. And then, you know, if for whatever reason he had to be away for 10 days or two weeks, that could change completely. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, I would, I would say there's, you know, some optimism. I think people are just, I, th- I just sense like a general apprehension about they're trying to play 72 games in the middle of the pandemic. And like, you know, we're probably not going to have a vaccine widespread until the end of this season. Christian Clark has been our guest. Final question for you, Christian. And we look forward to chat with you again once the season tips off. I was talking in the last segment with someone about this. Um, I, I, I feel like Zion, his availability and how much he plays this year will be the ultimate. I think it'll be the number one factor in whether or not this team is, is a postseason team. And obviously your odds of getting in as a, a perhaps player way into the postseason a little easier next year. But uh, with the, with the ten teams, but with that, I just if he's able to play the bulk of those seventy two games, and obviously knock on wood, I mean you you don't want bi or someone to miss a long period of time, but so much of it to me is Zion in year two and his availability because I think if he plays a lot, I think this team is is I don't think they're going to the second round or anything, but I think we see them in the postseason. Am I putting too much on Zion? Am I not? I guess uh, divvying up the various reasons why enough be number one on the list. What's your take on his impact and whether or not this team is a playoff team this year? Uh, final question on that, and then we'll let you run. I actually agree completely with you, Scott. I mean, I we can sit here and like you know talk about how thin the Pelicans are at small forward and you know a lot of different things all day, but yeah, I mean, I, I think you're right. Like Zion is already just like a freaking game changer. I mean, the way he scored the ball and efficiently as he scored the ball last season when, you know, he was not 100% healthy, he was coming off a major injury, he was clearly not in shape. It was incredible. I mean, you can like do a basketball reference search of all the rookies have averaged 20 points per game in NBA history. Zion ranked first in true shooting percentage out of all of them. That was like a it's like a list of like 50 players. So, yeah, I mean, he's already a game changer. And, I mean, yeah, I think if he just plays like, you know, 60, 65-plus games, then they've got a really good shot of being a part of the postseason picture. I mean, I think, you know, those 20 games or so uh, that we saw before the bubble that Zion played in, they went slightly above 500. Um, So, you know... I think they got a pretty good chance to, you know, be around a 500 or, or slightly above if, if Zion is pretty healthy. Yeah, I think Vegas, the last line I saw was at 36, which would be 500 in a 72-game season. So finish a game or two above that. And um, I also think it'll take a little time. You know, I, I don't think they're going to come out the gate as world beaters. And uh, But I, I, if he's healthy, man, this is going to be that league pass darling the second half of the season. I really believe that. Yeah, hopefully we won't have to hear uh, you know people complain about the Pelicans being on national TV all the time. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> hey, there, it's quite a bit, people though. People were mad about that the other day. Hey, you know what? That's just the Zion effect, right? Uh, in the meantime, y'all give Christian a follow if you're not already at cclark3000. Check out his stuff over at nola.com. 
uh, does a great job covering the Pels. Appreciate it, Christian, man. All the best. Uh, have a great holiday season and look forward to talking to you once the season gets underway, my friend. Yeah, let's, uh, let's talk some more Grievous Vasquez anytime. Hey, I, we can get into Gravis. Now, I believe Gravis is on the coaching staff of the Pelicans G League team. So, you know what? Maybe uh, maybe he's he's just going to work his building somehow. Uh, I'm excited. I always uh, I always enjoyed watching him play. There you go, man. Associate head coach for uh, the G League team. Make it happen. The, the Erie Bayhawks. So come back. Let's let's get him. Come on, Stan needs to get Gravis on the regular coaching staff. That guy is a great quote, and uh, I miss Gravis. All right, enough of Gravis. Appreciate it, Christian. I'll talk to you later, man. All right, man. See you. Thank you.